0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. Now, in today's episode, I'm joined by Adam Lowe, CTO at Ziver, and we're here to talk about implementing smarter email security. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, coming on to our our show today. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, Adam?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm uh, about—shame to say it—but 30 years, I guess, in and around technology, kind of designing, building, um, and running uh, technology-based products and services. um, uh, Last few years now with Ziva, Um, and Ziva really has a quite unique uh, proposition. So, so young kind of software company, security software company, uh, focused on. Um, Realising the dream of secure messaging would be uh, would be my own words on that, and and I think I'll be able to kind of give you a bit more of a flavour of what I mean by that through the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good, and and you know, kind of focusing in on that. Uh, email security, what, what do you feel like is the biggest data security threat facing organizations today?
1: Well, that's, that's a great question, Matt. And I think you might be surprised at the answer. Um, so, so I have an unhealthy interest in ICO reports. Um, you'll recognize that uh, we will have an obligation to report data breaches to the ICO, and, and they publish their, their, their kind of annual reports. And actually, um, despite popular perception, the number one causes of data breaches reported to the ICO is actually human error. Um, and not the, kind of, I think general perception would say, well, it's phishing or some form of malicious actor attempting to kind of infiltrate an organisation. When, again, it's the relatively mundane human error. And of that, um, the number one reason being the simple misaddressed email.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking about purely insider threats here.
1: Yeah, yeah predominantly. Um, I mean, I, I guess I, I have a little bit of resentment towards towards the word threat. I think. I mean, there's obviously uh, an element of malicious actors, but. If um, the, the categories that the ICO have defined, I mean, this is purely a genuine human error. People that are focused on their task or their workflow, their responsibilities, and are simply making you know genuine mistakes. You'll recognise the classic kind of BCC uh, accidentally putting into the CC, or maybe sending the wrong contract to the wrong you, know, you know, Mark Smith, as an example. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think that's an important point to make because it, it might be something that a lot of companies are overlooking right now, and it kind of makes you know someone working for a company maybe think like a little bit more about how they're impacting their their workplace um moving on to kind of something that i've heard quite a lot thrown about recently is the sort of subject of progressive digital security um mm-hmm. what what does that look like right now yeah i think
1: there's a few things uh, for progressive security i think first one is i mean leveraging smart technology um especially powered by things like machine learning ai adding an additional layer of security to that kind of traditional existing email infrastructure. Um, But it's also as much about recognising that the best digital security integrates seamlessly into existing applications and workflows. So it's not an an obstructive thing to the employee. It doesn't require uh, an employee to revise their existing workflows. It simply realises that 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 desired level of security, leveraging smart uh, technology, um, within the existing process and within the existing tooling.
0: Mm, mm. and and to kind of bring it back to you know e- email security, you know it, is email actually the best way to transfer this sensitive data? and what are the security gaps?
1: <laughs> that's that's a great one. Um, I mean, for me personally, no. today, traditional email is not suitable for the transmission of most sensitive information. Certainly, I am extremely hesitant to 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 transmit my personal information, certain types of personal information. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, I think the one of the first ones, the most interesting ones, is the technology that underpins email hasn't fundamentally evolved in the last few decades. And despite kind of modern, more secure standards uh, existing, their adoption remains in the very low kind of single digit percentages. And in part of that, um, I mean, one of the, the parallels I like to draw is, do you remember when kind of HTTPS came around? And, yeah, it became common knowledge, really. You wouldn't put your credit card information into a website unless it was TLS. And that drove a massive adoption. You know, Nobody launched a website that wasn't TLS-enabled. But the reality is, is that email hasn't seen um, that same sort of exposure, and therefore uh, a lot of email companies just simply haven't prioritized making it more secure. So it uses opportunistic TLS. You know, it's, it, you know there's a, an equal chance that you'll have no encryption at all. And many of us just don't realize that. We just trust email. We send out the information and aren't aware of those kind of vulnerabilities. I mean, that's um, that's certainly one element. I think the second element really is, is it's lacking uh, what I would call smart functionality. I mean, it, a reliable recall mechanism on email. Um, I often joke that, in Outlook, the old recall um, process was the, the best way to get somebody to read an email. If, if you subsequently recall it, people are very incentivized to know what was in that email. Um, so, so there isn't a reliable recall mechanism, but also um, things like expiring, being able to send out data over email and have that expire so you can be assured that it's not kind of out there for a prolonged period of time. Simple logging and auditing, you know, where is your data going? And then leveraging the power of things like machine learning, uh, powered business rules to then prevent that human error. And that's, that's the real magic source for me is, is, is that you know, what we can do today is really quite amazing in terms of addressing that number one cause of kind of ICO uh, data breaches.
0: Mm. And are we seeing kind of industries that are being affected by this more than others? Is this you know purely a problem for uh, banking companies, tech companies? It, does it affect sort of those industries at a higher rate than other industries?
1: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, if you if you on the ICO report, then um, it's the companies that handle the most sensitive and personal information you can imagine, or the sectors that, that are prevalent, so legal. Healthcare, financial, but it's actually the public sector that I think is at most risk. Um, and when public sector, I'm thinking kind of healthcare, local government, education, um, and really that's that's for a couple of reasons. I think um, I mean often those organisations are supporting many of our most vulnerable members of society, um, and there's, there's a you know data protection is people protection. Um, the second element of that, as well, is, is that those organizations often form parts of larger networks of organizations where there's a high degree of kind of personal and sensitive information being exchanged within those organizations or across those organizations, but also with patients, with students. Um, and, and again, that, that kind of emphasizes a level of um, importance, I guess, and, and therefore risk.
0: So how can places like the public sector improve their security? Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, private, personal data at stake. What, what can be done there?
1: Um, well, the first one, I think, I mean, I think you described a human problem, right? And I think traditionally, when we think about human problems, we often think then of things like uh, training, um, maybe even performance-based, you know, it's a performance issue, but actually, I think the better approach to take is what I would call human human enablement, right, which is that when you recognize that, you know, in the IT sector, we have high expectations of each other. But if you're, say, a frontline nurse or a healthcare worker, um, then your you know, dominant day, your, your, your prime kind of purpose of being is is providing that, that care. You're not an IT specialist. So actually, the question becomes, how do we enable uh, those people who are focused on their core job to be able to do that job as securely as possible, and that and that's where the kind of smart technology point comes in, I think, and making it seamless and effortless within the workflow. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest opportunity. Is maybe to summarise is, you know, recognise and embrace um, the 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 the, um, uh, the the teams across your organisation, their use cases, what they're doing, and then look to leverage smart technology to make kind of effortless changes um, that will enable them to make better decisions and reduce that kind of risk of human error.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the thing with training, right? I mean, you can sort of apply it as the go-to solution for so many problems within the enterprise. So, um, Adam, tell me a little bit about the role of security awareness training. And, you know, is it harder to implement than it actually sounds? I
1: think um, security awareness training has an important role. Uh, I mean, increasing increasing security awareness across your organisation is never a bad thing. And and in my experience, I think it's relatively easy to roll out when you think about it from a kind of central perspective. What do I mean by that? I think you generally, you know, one size fits all. And, And I don't think that's true. When you start to look across an organisation, there's a huge difference between providing security awareness training for somebody who works in maybe a technology function versus maybe somebody who works in frontline healthcare, for example. So, um, I think it has a role, but it's it's certainly not the silver bullet. And I think you know when it comes to managing sensitive data, you need to think more uh, broadly around how do you empower users. And, and not hinder them through kind of time-consuming procedures or platforms or or maybe excessive governance. It's really how do you enable them to do their role as effectively as possible with great security? And again, that's where I think smart technology plays a huge role uh, in doing that.
0: Got it. Got it. And, and kind of final uh, question for you today, Adam, you know, I think, you know, touching on the fact that a lot of sort of people in the current workplace haven't haven't yet maybe come to terms with the fact that email isn't the best, most secure way for them to uh, transfer data. Do you feel like moving forward over the next few years, this is going to be something that's more and more apparent? Um, it, our attitudes like changing towards this.
1: Um, I, unfortunately, I don't think so yet. But Matt, I'm making it my personal mission to to, to create awareness. To be honest with you, because I, you know, I, I genuinely would like to see a world where. Uh, where we can just yeah, put the same faith that we evidently do by default into email and, and have that faith justified, I think. So awareness is relatively low. And, if in, and if you look at it, 330 billion emails are sent every day. And despite any economic downturn or, or any other activity, it continuously grows year on year at an incredible alarming rate. Um, I mean, very few kind of uh, the big tech companies can claim that sort of growth and that sort of volume. I mean, it's, it's a truly remarkable um technology that, that continues to grow in usage
0: mm. yeah well well said well said and I'm, I'm glad you're uh, i'm glad you're feeling optimistic and kind of making it your mission i i i think i think we all appreciate <laughs> that um adam thank you so much for uh, joining us today
1: Matt, absolute pleasure thank you
0: no worries and thank you to everyone who listened as well we hope you took a lot away from today's podcast but for further information on what we talked about please head on over to ziva.com We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360 Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.